0: Welcome into the Inside Bassmaster podcast presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This is episode 154. Ronnie Moore here, joined with my co host, like usual, Kyle, Jesse, and Kyle. Today's a different kind of podcast. We're going to have Micah Frazier, uh, Elite Series Pro, until we announce the full roster in the next week or two when he's not on that list because he has stepped away from professional fishing. Um, to pursue so many other things. And so we get to talk to Micah in like a stress-free, relaxed, laid-back environment to reflect on somebody who is well within the prime of their career that is stepping away. It's kind of something that's never never really happened, never seen it. You know, normally in fishing, you leave when you want to leave or when you're told to leave. Um, and, and when you want to leave is when you're in your 70s or 80s. And when you're told that you need to leave is when you don't requalify for the Elite Series. So he's in neither one of these boats. And has decided to step away. So I, I'm excited to talk to Micah today. He's always a personality um, that I've enjoyed, uh, and, and just in all the aspects of of meeting him and working with him.
1: Yeah, no question. And like you said, I mean it's it's a very unique circumstance, a very unique uh, situation. But you know, it's one of those things where, like, over the course of Micah's career, we've obviously got to see just how talented he is, and how good he is, and consistent. I mean, honestly, like. Until, you know, the last couple of years, which I'm sure we can talk about with him where, you know, some of his priorities may have changed. He's been one of the more consistent guys in the elite series, Um, you know, so certainly a unique situation. And and, you know, like you said, being able to talk to him laid back, just kind of, you know, explain to people, you know, like the reality of of the, the situation. You know, I think that a lot of people um just take pro fishing in general to be this just easy, you know, Doesn't you know? You just show up and you do it. You know, it's just a fun thing, but it takes a ton of time and effort. And you know, it's it's something that he's excelled at for years and years. And you know, obviously, has decided to step away on his own doing. So uh, I'm certainly looking forward to talking to him, and this should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll go ahead and say, you know, some numbers and stats that we could put out there is Micah Frazier's no slouch. Like you said, one of the most consistent guys in the elite series, people will be like, well, is he stepping away and retiring because he was close to that qualification line or requalification line, or he was going to be out anyways next year. No, that's not the case at all. He was, his, his average is very good in the elite series. He's had more good years than bad years. And like you said, more recently, the last two would be, you know, chalked up to, below average, but, uh, from the age of 16, one of BFL, one of the youngest BFL winners ever. I think he is the youngest, but maybe, uh, maybe there's been another 16 year old recently that has jumped in, um, elite series champion. He's got two other top fives, specifically third place finishes. Uh, he got third at, uh, Hartwell when I believe Brandon Cobb won. And then he got third at, uh, Texas fest at Lake Fork when, Brandon Cobb won. So (laughs) uh, that's, you know, and and he won obviously on the St. Lawrence river in 2019, come from behind victory there. One of the best seasons he's ever had. I think both of those thirds were in 2019 and his victory was in 2019 as well, but classics, he made a big splash. Let me look up at some top tens. Uh, He obviously started out last season with a top 10 at the St. John's he's made other top tens at St. Lawrence other than his win um the classic in 2020 um you know even aoy championship at chatouge he got sixth and then some kentucky lake event you know or a, a bass fest kentucky lake event years ago um so micah frazier one of the most rock solid guys and now was joined by his brother on the elite series mark but why don't we have micah join us we'll add him into the podcast and get to uh get to chat with him for a few minutes today about just kind of where his mind was sitting, you know, throughout fishing competition, but also um, when it came to this decision. So Micah, welcome into the show. Appreciate you joining us, man. Kyle and I were just talking a little bit about uh, our history with you. And then also some of your great finishes that you've had throughout the Bassmaster Elite Series. I said, this is a weird thing in the sport of fishing. Unlike any other sports, you don't retire until you want to in your seventies or eighties, like Rick Klun, like just going forever. Uh, and then the other side of the spectrum is you're told that you cannot fish on the elite series anymore because you didn't requalify. And, and you're in the middle there. You, you you're, you're well within the qualification. You're not 80 years old and you decided to step away. And I wanted to just, I wanted to go ahead and applaud you. Um, I talked to you over text when I saw you at, you know, over the last two years for sure, but on stage, the final day of your tournament at the St. Lawrence, just your I guess explanation or your vibe or your just, uh, your temperament. You were, you were basically saying your goodbyes, but I know that it wasn't completely shirt up there, but I was very proud of you for getting to that point in the decision. Normally we see anglers burn themselves out and uh, end up, you know, in the eighties or nineties in points before they step away.
2: Yeah, man, it's, I've, I, it's really been a, a thing that's come about over the last three or four years. Um, and really, I, I, don't think I ever envisioned myself fishing until I was older, you know? Um, I've just, I don't know why, but it's just never been what I thought that I would do long-term. Um, but man, really having kids has really changed the trajectory of my life. And, um, you know, just, uh, the, the story behind them and, and how they've changed my priorities is really the root cause of it. And, um, you know, I found other things that I enjoy and give me joy and, and I can get up in the morning every day at home and look forward to doing and that I'm passionate about. And I'm really thankful that I'm able to kind of transition into something that allows me to spend all the time with my kids and not not have those regrets someday looking back.
1: That's kind of one of those things I was going to ask you. You know, I, I, I was having a conversation the other day here in the office and I said, You know, the one thing, there's a lot of things that validate, you know, your care for your family and your loved ones. But one of the things that's always stuck out to me was your win in 2019, I guess it was. Uh, You were super, super emotional on stage because they weren't there with you. And you could tell from that moment, like how much that meant to you. Um, And like you said, I mean, you know, having other opportunities. You know, this is not something necessarily where we're on here. It's like it's sad for us selfishly, but it's not like a sad thing for you. Like you like you said, you've you've found something that you're passionate about and you you're just moving forward, right?
2: Yeah, man, it's it's what I want to do. You know, I could I I really believe that if I wanted to keep fishing, I could keep fishing and and probably stay competitive if I stayed fired up about it. But you know, it's just it's 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 just so hard for me to explain i'm not good with words first and then it's just been such a bizarre thing you know um if you rewind five or six years ago before we had kids i would have told you i wasn't sure if i wanted kids you know i I was scared that they would change things change fishing and um that was a selfish thought looking back but man to to have the mindset i have now versus where i was then it's really a, a gift of grace you know uh, you know, I've been blessed with a couple of kids that I love so much now that I quit fishing to spend more time with them. And um, if you would have told me that's where I would have been five years ago, I would have laughed at you.
0: Well, I think we could successfully end the podcast right there, and people would be sufficed with that answer because that is absolutely, I texted you that as well. I said, I, you know, last year or the year before, I I couldn't imagine someone in the prime of their career, because you're not an old man, you know, you're in your mid 30s, somebody in the prime of their career, just stepping away, just not not for no reason, but just stepping away, you know, and catching people off guard. I said, I really didn't understand that until I had my daughter in 2022. And now it's like, you know what, I can always go do something else, you know, having Sarah be able to stay home with our daughter. Uh, and take care of her she can always go back to work when she's five six seven years old and she's in school herself like these moments are precious and so um was there was there a key moment was it was it after the birth of your son because I know that was under unique situations was it at some point early in his life or was it when you guys got pregnant pregnant with your second child and and kind of just like man this is this is the lifestyle we've wanted to create. And it's kind of a conversation that you and Anna probably had.
2: Man, I don't know. It's hard to put my finger on exactly when it happened, but, you know, just um, Anna really wanted kids. You know, we we kind of struggled getting pregnant and, um, you know, just seeing her, the joy that it's brought her and, you know, how much I love her. And it's just, you know, just seeing that in, in her and being able to see how that's, changed her life and mine you know that's part of it and but man just like the, the the reason for living has changed now people say my why has changed you know I guess I guess you could say you know when I look at life through that filter now I don't have to go fishing you know I don't I don't feel like I have to be the next household name and fishing I, I've got other things that better suit my family that that I can do and I still get the same amount of joy from coming home and seeing them in the evening every day, you know. And um, now, when I leave them, when I when I can't, when I go to a tournament and I can't take them with me, it's just not fun anymore, man. I I like sharing life with them. They've been able to travel with me almost, you know, as much as we really want up until this point. But we're coming into a time where he's going to start kindergarten, and you know, I just I really don't want to do it by myself. That's plain and simple. And, um, you know, I've got stuff that I love here at home that keeps me busy. And even like when I'm gone fishing now, I'm I'm on the phone dealing with stuff at home a lot. And, you know, it's just it's a culmination of a lot of things. But at the end of the day, you know, after I, I really took a step back from my commitment level to fishing when we had our first son, our first kid, you know, five years ago and it's it's catching up with me you know it's it's harder to compete you know the the learning curve is so fast now with forward sonar and technology and networking of social media that it's really caught up with me and i'm i don't know that I'm willing to to give it the commitment that it really takes and if you're not going to do something and give it your all you know i i don't feel right about doing it halfway and um you know i can i just need some space in my life and that's the the low-hanging fruit that I had to get rid of to open things up you know and just slow down and enjoy life with my family and get to do some things that I always envisioned doing with my kids when they're young but you know just traveling so much for fishing is really burnt me out (laughs) no I I got a call and I guess I hit the wrong thing but sorry about that Um, (laughs) but no what I was saying is you know, we, we always envision doing some things with the kids in the summers, getting to travel. And man, it just, I'm so, you know, burnt out on when I get home. And, and the last thing I want to do is leave on another trip. And, um, you just, I just, you know, we needed some margin in our life. And I, you know, I'm really excited, though. It's just a new season of life and, um, it's going to be a good thing for us.
1: Well, Micah, this is something uh, Ronnie and I both talked about, like as soon as you you made your Instagram post was, you know, your career as a professional angler, angler also deserves the credit. And, uh, you know, that needs to be celebrated. Uh, obviously, we're you, you, you finished on some happy thoughts there. Give you some, some happy numbers here. Uh, 34 top 30 finishes, uh, 23 in the top 20, um, 60 times in the money out of 95. I mean – Five Bassmaster Classics. I mean, you have done a ton in this career in your career, and from a young age. Just talk about what the whirlwind's been like for you, uh, starting as young as you did, and then having as much sustained success as you had.
2: If you take the last the last two or three years out of it, it would sound a little better, probably. Yeah, it would.
1: But,
0: it would. But yeah.
2: <laughs> um, man, it, it's been a blessing. I I really can't. You know, there, there's no other way to describe it. Um, I I really didn't think this would be as bittersweet as it's become here lately, but there's been so many people reaching out that, man, it's really, it's been a warm goodbye, you know, everybody that's been uh, supportive. and, But, I mean, you know, I started out like everybody else, you know, just a kid that loved fishing, and I found a way to do it competitively and fell in love with tournament bass fishing. And, um, man, it's just it, – you know, I never dreamed I could, I would have done what I've got to do. I mean, there's a lot left obviously that I could accomplish, but you know, I'm content with what I did and I'm proud of it. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just thankful. and, And I feel very blessed to have been able to do what I did for so long.
0: Kind of crazy. You're in a great, great opportunity. And I know this probably couldn't have been timed up any better for you, you know, like you, you're getting out of a sport that you love, not not to get away because you don't like it anymore, but because your priorities have changed. But now you're not 55, and you know you can't can't move your back, and you're bent over like this because of looking at your graph for years. Like you're you're healthy in the prime of of your living life as well. And you've had sections, you know, you're from zero to 15 years old, living as a kid, from 16 when you get your first BFL win, to 36, that 20-year period of fishing professionally with the Elite Series, with the FLW Tour, and everything in between – what's next for Micah? If you don't mind, what is the thing other than spending time with your family? Cause if I could be a stay at home dad too, I would love to, but I know that's not what you're doing. So if you don't mind sharing what's, what's the plans and the further growth for you to be able to be home, but provide a living for your family, which is all, what every, you know, man would love to do. So uh, our family business
2: has been gas stations for since 1995, but I've got a lot of other stuff going on outside of that, but um, but really just to carry the torch there, you know, to to kind of grow our business, and um, we've got a couple of new locations that Mark and I are actually doing, um, and then outside of the family business, uh, just real estate and real estate development, um, the developing side of things is really what I've become passionate about, um, finding real estate, entitling it, which means taking a plan to the city or the, the municipality and getting, getting that site plan approved and um, you know, building and developing that project, whatever it is, and got several things in the works and um, man, I've really just become passionate about it. I, I think about it all the time. And um, it's, it's kind of what I want to do for the next 20 years. And um, you know, I'm I'm very thankful that I had something come along that allowed me to, transition like i said earlier you know it's just a a lot of people probably don't understand this and i I fully understand that also but um you know for me i just i couldn't be more thankful you know it's i I feel like i found something that I, i really love and that i'm good at and um you know it's better for my family long term and their well-being so
0: kyle i feel like you know in the housing market now when we're where I'm in my, I just turned thirty. You're you're getting there in a few years, and we always say like we should have bought houses. What were we doing when we were eight? We should have been buying houses when we were <laughs> eight. I feel like Micah is the kid who bought a house at eight because he was so so far ahead in the in the thought so he may say he doesn't have a way with words but i feel like he's one of the more smarter guys that has ever hit the fishing side of it but i just wanted to bring that up because i was like michael would have probably bought a house when he was eight just to be sure you know in case the market i I
2: wish i bought (laughs) i wish i bought every house i could have bought at eight but i didn't
1: but i was gonna say if you if you uh if your endeavors venture west over here close to birmingham let me know because i'm looking for a house as well but that's about a hopeless endeavor for me right now um, I've been wanting to ask this question. So I actually had a buddy, uh, that I went to college with fished at Arkansas and of all places, he lives in Noonan, in Georgia now. Uh, and really? he, I swear. And, uh, he said that he's, he goes to you guys, gas stations all the time. And I see you posting photos of the food and you can obviously tell if you're watching, uh, the podcast or you know what I look like. I like to eat. So what, like, if you could pick one thing to eat at, at the gas station, like, what is it? Like if, if somebody was driving through. And they had to stop and like get some food. What's what's your go to there?
2: Our biscuits are what we're kind of known for around here. Breakfast biscuits, you know, we have sausage, egg, and cheese, bacon, egg and cheese, all that kind of stuff. Cheese grits. They put a lot of butter and a lot of cheese and but um I have to stay out of them. I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't had one in a while, but uh we sell a lot of biscuits and a lot of cheese grits. But um that's kind of been our little stick is We've got a kitchen or a restaurant in every store. And um, so it's it's become a little business within a business.
1: And I, I got to say this too, Ronnie. I feel like I've had this conversation with I don't know how many people. I don't think there's anything more parallel in the world than gas station biscuits and bass fishing. I think every single bass fisherman in the history of time has literally stopped at the gas station and got like a homemade biscuit like that about a thousand times.
0: 100
2: every time i go to waterfront grocery at at gunnersville i think the same thing i'm like man i'd love to own this place but but yeah it's uh we're we're simple folks you know we we share those same kind
0: of beliefs when we built our business so it's kind of no
2: coincidence i guess
0: well the frasers gas stations at least what i see online um are absolutely phenomenal uh and they look clean They look well presented, and now now it makes sense on the real estate side of it, positioning and placement within the city, intersections, all of those metrics of how many cars per minute go by, all those things you probably have factored in. And it is fascinating when you get into that, kind of like, I guess, watching the stock market doing those things uh, as well is is one of those things that's unique. If you are in it, it's fascinating to look at. Uh, Micah, one big thing that's happened over your life the last couple of years is your brother uh, you you seem like you guys have a great relationship. Um, I, I hate to say that me and my brother aren't nearly as close as you guys are. You guys probably still put each other in headlocks and fight once in a while as well. But what's it been like having him do the same path, follow in your footsteps, so to say, and, you know, join fishing later than you did and get into it and make it to the elite level as well with you and travel with you and Stetson, that household, having, you know there's probably nothing better than having a couple people you trust that live similar lifestyles and and you're not just fishing buddies it's it's florida vacation friends you know it gets lifelong you know friends that'll far surpass your time in the sport
2: man that's another crazy experience that not many people get to experience you know And, and it's something those the three years we got to spend together on the road i'll always remember and um you know and I hope he fishes as long as he wants to fish and um he's I'm super proud of what he's done in the first couple of years you know he's not been at it that long if you I know you know this but the people listening might not realize but you know he played college baseball for his whole life you know and fishing was my thing and baseball was his and he was a really good ball player and got drafted by the Giants and ended up at Auburn and but anyway um you know, so he got a late start, but what he was able to accomplish in a very short period of time was pretty crazy. And, um, you know, I think from that standpoint, we're he's a lot more refreshed and kind of eager about it right now than I am just, I think, because I've been at it longer, but, um, but we do have a great relationship and we're very close at home. And, um, you know, I, that was, one of the most bittersweet things about leaving is just leaving him out there, you know, and not, not continuing that on. And, but at the end of the day, you know, just, it was a personal decision I had to make and, but, um, you know, I, I truly want him and Stetson and, and whoever else, I wish nothing but good for everybody out there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the sport. Obviously I'm a fan of Mark's and Stetson's and, um, you know, I, I told both of them what I was gonna do all along and I think it was no surprise to them and um you know, we're gonna be lifelong friends, the Blaylocks and I, and I'm sure we'll still have our summer vacations and all that good stuff. So
0: Well if they ever can't make it, just 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 ring I'll me up, man. You child. know, we'll just yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, shoot, I gotta go I gotta go shoot a tackle tip with, you know, Micah on the beach. Just we so uh we, yeah. we got tie so on a
2: tarpon this summer.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know if you God. saw the
2: pictures of that or
0: not, but that that's what I was going to say was, you, you know, other than business ventures, fishing was your passion, but also your career. And now you have yep. a career that you're going into and continuing on. What are some passions outside of necessarily tournament bass fishing? Have you developed obviously, you know, family time, other types of fishing, but is there things about Micah Frazier that you've been keeping from us the last, you know eight or nine years in the elite series that you didn't you know we, man i didn't know that all i do know this one thing people people see how quiet you are and they're like oh he might not be the most tough or aggressive i'm not messing with michael fraser kyle he is i i think he's jacked I, i'm pretty sure i remember like dude's ripped and he might he might uh, it used to be yeah used to yeah be. so <laughs> If he's
1: not eating gas station biscuits, he's already ahead of us. <laughs> 100% no, I, I used to be
2: a big weight lifter, man, but I, I, I haven't lifted like I used to in a long time, but man, I don't have any secrets. I like to spend time with my family. And, um, my favorite thing to do is to get home early from work and say what you want to do, bud, to my little boy. And we'll just do that the rest of the day, you know? And, um, honestly, that's, that's what I find the most joy in right now. And, and that's a lot of the reason I did what I did. And, um, you know, I don't want to get to the end of their childhood and regret how I spent my time. And that's one of, one of the biggest things is I've just been fearful of, you know, when they're 18 or 20 years old and I I get to that point and I'm like, man, I could have spent a couple more years worth of time with them. And I didn't, you know? So, but I mean, no, no, I don't have any secret hobbies or anything. It's, um, I still love fishing. You know, I, I'm going to get back into fishing more around home and um, do a lot of saltwater fishing and stuff like that.
1: Uh, One thing I was actually going to ask, I was going to say something on top of what you're saying, but I'll wait till uh, later in the podcast. So one thing I did want to ask, like just fishing alone or just moments or whatever it may have been during the course of your Elite Series career like is there one moment like outside of the win? obviously that's like kind of the pinnacle obviously winning the blue trophy but so, like one moment that like in time where like you made a decision on the water or like it could just be a moment like off the water that like you know instantly like sticks in your head like a story that like you'll never forget out on the road
2: oh, one one memorable time was just my first tournament on the elite series was at the sabine river that year and um I landed in the, the canal that was going off, you know, and I got to fish around Aaron Martins and Shaw Grigsby. And, um, you know, I, I really didn't do anything to deserve it, but Shaw kind of took me under his wing and complimented, you know, how I interacted with him on the water. And, um, you know, that and making the top 12 in that first tournament really kick-started my career. And, um, you know, it was just a, a confirming thing that, you know, I can do this. And, you know, these guys are my peers now and they respect me. And um, that's the thing that I'll I'll always remember is just, you know, crazy Aaron bouncing around out fishing me in there. I mean, he's like, I remember I was working down one side of the canal and he was on the other and like up ahead of us was like, like, I'm just pitching, you know, and they were they were spawning in there. And he's like, are you going to catch that one up in front of you? And I'm like, what? I, I was playing like I knew what I was talking about, you know. But sure enough, when I get up there, the, this fish keeps swirling. And um, he, Aaron was so observant, he he saw it, you know, but he didn't want to cast in front of me. So when I got up there to it, I pitched over there and it swam off. And I, I set the hook. It was a four pounder, but it came off. And um, I'll have to send you the video of it later. But but I mean, you know, a four pounder is a big one on the Sabine mm-hmm. River, but. But no, just sharing water with them in that first event, and um, kind of confirmed that I could do it and compete with those guys. You know,
0: there were some and other man, moments, Kyle. That I was going to say, I, I pulled, I pulled like a five-minute video together of some of his more recent, you know, success. And that 2019 season must have been one of the most special seasons ever. With with everything that happened in the sport, you have the split at the end of 2018. 2019 you have 75 elites you got some people who were on the elites prior to the split that were disrespected because they either weren't invited or were you're counted out so it was a it was a really unique vibe and atmosphere and you go and rattle off a third at hartwell a third at uh, lake fork and almost busted a hundred pounds on top water there at Lake Four, and then that all leads into your win at the end of the season coming from tenth to first, and then you wrap that into the Classic in 2020 when the world shut down, and you had a, you had a top yep. top ten there in the Classic, and that year and a half time period, even before that, you know you had a top ten at Chatugda to end the 2018 season, and then you wrap in 2019 that year and a half calendar time period. What is it like for those like me and Kyle who will never experience that amount of success in fishing over that much time? What was it like to be Micah Frazier and and it clicking on the water in, in opposite places? Gunnersville and the pre spawn, Hartwell and the spawn, fork, you know, with crazy big ones and shad spawn stuff. So many different yeah. things, and then obviously smallmouth for the win. That
2: that couple 18 month period was by far my best fishing that i've ever done on the water but i mean and it was awesome i mean it was you know you get in a a groove where you can't do anything wrong but more importantly man we i would say that was i was most ambitious and most you know i had the the most positive outlook on bass fishing as a business and a career path in 2019 you know with the changes post post split all that kind of stuff um you know we were we were in a good place then i felt like as far as anglers go and um it really took a load off everybody's shoulders and i think the guys at bass that year fished under a lighter load than normal and um that i think that's probably the reason i fished so well that year is just the it was it was so much fun that that year i remember just being a lot more fun than normal i don't know why but it was um had something to do with just the environment of the sport, I think, at the time.
0: Well, Stetson almost one angler of the year. He got top five in AOI. He won event at Winya. You won an event. Yep. You had two other top five. I mean, that house pre-Mark, not saying Mark did anything to take away the <laughs> the, the glide, but that that was a house to be in for sure.
2: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun.
1: Micah, kind of the contrary to the question I asked a minute ago, if there was one instance or one decision. <laughs> one like day or something that you could have back over the course of your career what would it be and like what's the story there um
2: I had a chance to win an old flw tournament at Hartwell I finished second but um I I'd be a dead horse on one day of the tournament and I didn't catch him but if I I know what adjustment I, I should have made now and I think if I would have made the adjustment I would have caught a couple more fish and probably won the tournament but but man, I, I can't think of other than that one or, or my time at bass, I can't think of many, many regrets that I have. Um I, I did I boat flip, I tried to boat flip a six pounder at, at Bass Fest in Kentucky Lake one time and it cost me about 20 grand. But other than that, I man, I'm I'm all good. I don't have any regrets.
0: I was gonna say that was a like a fifth or sixth place finish in the twenty fifteen Bass Fest yeah. there that I off the off the top of the head. Um what so now that you've got time uh you may go travel fishing you may never leave west point lake and just dominate there forever but is there a place that you went during your time professional fishing flw bass whatever um of a body of water that you guys went to and that you absolutely love like obviously catching more weight and higher weight always results in having more fun most of the time but is there a place that you had never been to and then going to it it's like I loved where we stayed. I loved how you caught them. This is a a place, one of my top places I could ever dream about fishing. And then was there a place that you didn't get to ever go to? I know we went to Falcon before you got on the elites. Like, are there places that you wish, like, man, I wish we would have had an elite there for whatever reason?
2: I I foresee us taking a trip to Champlain and Thousand Islands every summer, (laughs) just for fun. But, you know, I love Plattsburgh and I love, I really love the St. Lawrence River, I, You know, the, the lake's a lot of fun, but I really love drifting that river. Um, and the Waddington area and then Plattsburgh, man, I, I plan on taking trips up there every year. I love St. Clair. Um, I would have liked to have gotten to go on to Clear Lake. I never got to go there. Falcon, a um, couple places, man, but but I love I love it up north. You know, I love Malax. I love St. Clair, Champlain, Thousand Islands. Those are good times.
0: A little different than Atlanta, Kyle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just a little Especially bit. Especially in August. <laughs> yeah. Micah, obviously to have fished this long on the Elite Series and fished just, you know, big-time tournaments for as long as you have, naturally you're pretty competitive. Like, do you ever foresee there being a time where, like, you – try to jump back in not like entirely like like full-fledged in but even like fish the opens do something to that extent or are you like just gonna go until you know that competitive bug bites you again or do you think it ever will
2: i i really don't know i mean i i'm not close to the opportunity or the potential for it one day i don't plan on it but um i could see a time when i'm older and our kids are are out of the house or something maybe that you know, Anna and I want to travel around and fish again, but um, in the near future, I, I'll probably keep it more low key as far as tournaments go. Um,
0: Beware no, of uh, fifty-one be year old Micah. <laughs> yeah. Fifty-one Micah. Whenever you got eighteen-year-olds that are going to college now, he's got he's going to be back out there and he's going to have nineteen yeah. crafts on the front deck, <laughs> Hey,
2: night all of them. You know, panning all day, baby. Ford sonar. No, I I get tired of Ford's sonar, man. I I really do. We don't have to go there, but
0: no, I want one hundred percent. My next yeah, question yeah. was: We've been really positive and excited, but like now, as an eight nine year pro, there are things that you can say that you wouldn't be able to say as an upstanding member of the fishing community, or things that you that you notice that you wish would have been different. Um, the floor is yours. Is there anything that you look back or you see as a businessman? what bass can do or what you wish maybe was done or for the next generation of anglers that's something that you observe and that you can pass down some knowledge to them on that and and it can be whatever like it's all good
2: well I'll address the forward sonar thing I mean I don't think it's going anywhere I don't think that I don't think it's going to be banned or I and I'm not even going to go as far as say that I it should be banned but I will say that I've seen it impact the fishing. You know, I, I feel like a smallmouth doesn't swim 20 feet to eat a drop shot anymore. Um, you know, I, I swear they, they get thrown at all day now. I think um, things like that. I could, you know, I see it already in its short time span. that has been out there, but it's, it's changing, you know, how hard it is to get a bite, but And I see that continuing to affect the fisheries and, um, you know, a fish, they can't, they don't have anywhere to hide anymore. I mean, how do you, you know, they used to get out in the timber now at Lanier, you know, guys around here talk about Lanier so great now, but I don't know that it's better. I think that people are out in the timber where the big spots live and learning how to catch them, you know, Um, I think the fishermen are getting better but I don't, I don't see that being a good thing for the fisheries or fishing as a young kid growing up. I mean, how do I teach my four-year-old how to love to fish, you know? Does he have to, you know, does he want to see a fish every time he makes a cast before he's gonna, is he gonna be excited to go throw cast a bait in the water and hope he gets a bite, you know? That's what I concern myself with now is like, how do I, should I, should I not let him use it? Or just like sometimes, or I don't know. (laughs) I don't don't like, personally don't like it, but it's a, it's a personal bias. You know, I was a better fisherman without it when everybody else didn't have it. I didn't adjust the way I should have. So it's personal beef, but you know, at the same time, I, I do see an unbiased effect that it's having on the waters and I don't see it being a good thing, but time will tell i mean I could, I could be wrong i hope i'm
1: wrong so it's safe to say that from here on out there's been a rumor going around that you're just gonna do like phone videos of griping about forward-facing sonar on a youtube channel is that true as well are you gonna get into some of that
0: hey monetization <laughs> these days is high on <laughs> <man>. that. <laughs> uh
2: there's some guys that do that you know yeah. um no, I I'm not all about being on video, man. I think Ronnie knows that. He <laughs> when you, I bet it was pretty tough putting that that little video together the other day. Probably trying to find enough clips of Micah Frazier saying anything in
0: general. No, it was great. Go, go ahead, Kyle.
1: I was just going to say, just casually catching like eight pounders on like fork, like it was nothing. It was like, all right, this, you must do this
0: a lot. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Micah, Micah had 10 other fish that were bigger, but he said, good Lord on that one. So I have to use, he said, he said some words. <laughs> now uh, I kid about that, but, but me and Kyle talk about all the time. Uh, even the Bass Live crew behind the scenes, people whose faces will never be seen. It's not Tommy. It's not Such. It's not Zona. It's not me. It's not Davey. It's the people working the show they rely on us to know who these people are personality-wise. Like, who should we put on camera for this event? Or, oh man, we've got this guy on camera. I heard he's I heard he's quiet. We're not going to get anything from him. And it's like, I love the Iconellis of the world that are going to say whatever and do whatever. They're the reason that I got excited about fishing as well. I could be myself as a kid and enjoy it and get loud and excited. But then I also respect those who go to work Head down, quiet, do their business. They're not gonna be somebody they're not. So uh so don't look down on yourself for being a quiet guy or not great for the cameras. I enjoyed it made me as a reporter when we're in the we're in the room and I gotta I gotta ask you, and you got the big light at the classic, and you're trying to look at it, but you're trying not to get blinded, and I gotta ask you the hard questions. I uh I I love that because it gets it helps me get to know you guys a little bit better. You know, the Shane Lee Hughes of the world. The, the Micah Frazier's, the world, the, even the Stetson Blaylocks. Stetson will be the biggest goofball around me now that we know each other. But but otherwise, he's quiet. People have asked me, does Stetson like me? And I'm like, why wouldn't he? And he's like, well, he doesn't say anything at the ramp. I'm like, Stetson yeah. doesn't say anything to anybody at the ramp. Like he just he just gets in his boat yeah. and goes. So I uh, I never want any angler to do things they don't want to do. Um, and so I, I'm glad that you made this. Yeah, some, for you know, you.
2: sometimes sometimes being quiet is not a good, you know, it's not the best thing if you want to make a living that fishing, I'll be honest. But, um, but man, I don't, I don't want to be on camera all day, you know, (laughs) like the whole YouTube thing. I don't care anything about it. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to get up in the morning and be thinking about cameras in my face and what to say and that, that ain't me.
0: Well, Micah, I appreciate you joining us today, man. Um, like we said, it's like a post mortem podcast, but it's not like you're 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 happy. You're happy, you know, yeah. you're you're uh, my only thing now is some buddies like Dawson Linds who live around Noon and are gonna have to deal with you in local derbies now and they're gonna message me complaining about it. Y'all take him back. I don't want him fishing the Thursday nighters, <laughs> but uh, enjoy uh, the one thing I'll say at Fraser's if there's a spare TV that doesn't have a menu of what's what's uh, on the on the stove today. Can you throw us some bass live love up on the put team on some bass live for you? You know, just <laughs> when Michael walks in, he's got the remote. You just whip it out. I'm the boss. Let's turn on some bass fishing. We're on FS1 for the first right. three hours, and then and then whatever. But just don't forget about us when you're making millions. Okay, we'll do it, man. Awesome, Kyle. Appreciate I appreciate y'all comments. having me, though. Of course, yeah. man. Any last things you want to say to the to the folks listening that that are?
2: Oh man, thank Thanks to everybody, you know, uh, the fans of the sport that have followed me over the years. You know, there's so many people that have sent me a text, marshals, friends of people. I know. I mean, just there's a handful of people that have sent me a text every tournament. They're faithful. They don't ever miss. You know, those are the people that I really, you know, I, I really feel bad that I've, I feel like I let them down, you know, but it's, you know, I'm just so thankful for everything and I feel blessed to have been able to do it. Blessed that I'm able to walk away with no regrets, and I'm happy about it. You know, it's that it, there's another ending that could have not been so happy. You know, so that's what I'm I'm really thankful that I'm, I'm able to do what I've done and not not be worried about it.
0: Well, I know that you can go catch a limit out your backyard on a super spook and a screaming eagle as quick <laughs> as anybody. So enjoy that. Enjoy yep. your kids and your wife. And uh, I will be sure to go out of my way to get a biscuit at a Frazier's in Georgia when I'm coming through. Thank y'all.